0: This bonus episode of How To Wrestling was brought to you by our lovely backers over at patreon.com forward slash How To Wrestling where you can support the show and get access to a whole shed load of bonus content from myself and Joe. You can also request a voice message or a promo or an audio recording or you can request an episode or you can arrange to have a plug or to sponsor an episode of How To Wrestling. But hey we want to talk to you first about the 7th of September in King's Place Theatre in lovely London. It's only going to be the return of how to wrestling to the london podcast festival and if you made the last few years you know it's always a good time and this year will be no exception as joe and i are going to be tackling the very amazing yet tricky topic of music in wrestling there will also be an event from the attitude air podcast that day both events taking place on the 7th of september tickets are available now for a mere £9.50 and if you get any three tickets across the podcast festival and you've got some big names there this year folks you get a 15 percent discount so what are you waiting for support independent wrestling podcasts support how to wrestling and the guys at the out of podcast by coming along to the live show on the 7th of september in the fabulous king's place theater and this every year has become now like almost like a pilgrimage for how to wrestling fans members of team friendship and fans of the out of podcast where we all get to meet hang out and have a great time afterwards so we hope to see as many of you there possible this september in london for the podcast festival but for now it's time Sorry, I gotta bring the energy down for how to uh, Orange Cassidy. (laughs) Greetings, friends, and welcome to the episode of How to Wrestling, the world's first podcast detailing something how to I forget, and goodness knows maybe even how to. What are we doing again? Hello, everyone. We're having a special bonus episode today about our new favorite wrestler, the independent darling, and the man who's bringing comedy and strangeness back to wrestling in spades. It's all about Orange Cassidy today, folks. So once again. I'm Kevin joined by my better half freshly squeezed Joanna Graham.
1: My name works well because you call me Joe and backwards yeah. it's OJ.
0: Oh my god, you're right. There so you
1: go, can be freshly squeezed.
0: Yeah, Joe Orange. <laughs>
1: That works
0: well. That doesn't work well, does it? That's horrible. So, Joe, uh, who is it that we're talking about today, and who is it that we've been learning about in the world of wrestling for this special bonus affair? It's
1: our new boy. It's Orange Cassidy. Love him. Love Orange Cassidy.
0: Now, there's a name which I had seen read a lot of. I'm saying I don't necessarily say I heard it a lot, but I've saw it written down Mm. an awful lot for the past two to three years. Perhaps even longer than that, it seems like. It always was the name that was floating around in the cyberspace. It's a
1: cool name, isn't
0: it? It is. It's very, very cool.
1: It doesn't give anything away.
0: No, not at all. It doesn't give anything away other than a supposed uh, connection to Big Cassidy big Colin Cassidy that is but of course
1: I never made that connection
0: n- now that he's Kaz XL with two Z's it's a uh, completely different yeah. you know it doesn't give anything away now at all so it's a name that you had seen and you had heard as, as I had but did the name as you said doesn't give away what it is I mean what is what is there to give away
1: hmm well Orange Cassidy is a wrestler who doesn't really want to wrestle Okay. I feel that's a fair descriptor.
0: And not want to wrestle, is that I mean, out of fear, out no, of honour?
1: No, none of that. It's kind of out of laziness. Laziness. Like he can't be bothered to wrestle.
0: Okay. This is a very interesting concept for a character, yeah, is it not? Yeah,
1: but, but the character is a professional wrestler, so he has to do some wrestling to an extent. We're, we're, you can
0: tell that we're still trying to get to grips in our head with the extent of this, because... We discovered Orange Cassidy around about a month ago, thereabouts.
1: Obsessed since.
0: And we have obsessed since. And we have, like, watched an excess, a glut of Orange Cassidy stuff since then. To the point where we felt that, well, we've watched so much stuff, we need to do an episode of yeah. some sort. In one way is to describe, in other ways to, to discuss. And maybe in some small ways to signal boost. Because you may be like ourselves, who had heard that name, we're seeing it written down a lot... And you've not checked it out. And I will say at this point, before you go a second further, if you are listening and sound remotely intrigued, stop listening. And very rarely will I instruct someone in listening to a podcast. We've got you here now. Stop.
1: Go away. (laughs) Go
0: away and go do some watching. And the best thing about this is because Orange Cassidy has performed for a variety of fabulous indie uh, companies across the United States and in some cases further afield. There's a glut of stuff to watch online, Joe.
1: Yeah, it's all on YouTube, so it's really super easy to find. It's all actually quite high quality as well. It's like well produced. Yeah. Good, uh, good quality footage. It's uh, a grand old time, and you absolutely have to go and out of your way to check it out.
0: Now, I've talked about this before about my difficulty about in- enjoying types of wrestling if. The production value is is kind of low and if it seems like small scale or if it's in front of a teensy crowd or on a, on a rubbish camera, I can't get into that headspace. But I will say from watching a lot of, a lot, a lot, a lot recently of various indie companies, I am blown away. And I think a lot of people owe themselves who may have written off indie wrestling or smaller groups as being like, ah, not good production value, you have to kind of watch it through gritted teeth that's absolutely not the case mm. there's still some janky productions out there of well, course, yeah, of course. Yeah.
1: yeah but on the whole I think production overall has become better because it's so much cheaper and more accessible to do now
0: yeah you can get like I mean you, you've worked with cameras and stuff I imagine yeah. the going rate for a camera is a lot cheaper these days uh, yeah
1: massively cheaper and as well there's so much information on the internet now so even if you have like a crew who's not that experienced you can kind of get them to teach themselves how to do things
0: yeah which I mean I remember on one of our first episodes. We did Young Bucks and I showed you even some Ring of Honor stuff.
1: Some of it was almost unwatchable. It's
0: like I was trying to show you a snuff movie or something. Yeah. Like I was going to try to kill you with poor audio. <laughs> <Something like. laughs> but yeah, even when we were watching PWG recently, you know, a lot of the older footage really does struggle to kind of uh, get up there. But I mean, I will say that the, the, the standard is so much higher these days, which means watching this... An absolute gem. So, Joe, I feel this is a question that many wrestling fans might find themselves asking someday. But do you remember when you first saw Orange Cassidy? Or where were you when, uh, when you first saw Freshly Squeezed in your life?
1: Like a lot of people, I imagine, my first encounter with Orange Cassidy was at the AEW Double or Nothing show, where they had the battle royale.
0: Oh, yeah, on, the, on that pre-show, because we... We reviewed the show for our Patreon, and that was a a grand old time. But only afterwards, people were saying, "If you like that, you really need to check out that pre-show." So we got so glad they did
1: as well because it is a great, great pre-show. Oh my god! Great battle royale, yes, fantastic matches,
0: crazy good. So the appearance of Orange Cassidy in this battle royale, which I mean, that battle royale served uh, to bring out several new characters, maybe who, who people haven't been familiar with. The idea was to kind of expose everyone to a A fun smorgasbord of all the different pockets of wrestling that are hopefully going to get represented on AEW going forward. And then the man, Orange Cassidy, makes his way to the ring. But making his way to the ring might be a little bit generous for what he does.
1: He sort of saunters over in his own time.
0: (laughs) He's a man of his times who will do things in his own time. Yeah. The visual, the look of Orange Cassidy. How would we describe this guy?
1: I think he looks like Chris Martin from. Oh my god, I've just forgotten Coldplay. Coldplay, that's it. I love that I could remember Chris Martin, but not the name of his band.
0: <laughs> it's okay. I'll fix you. It's uh, we'll figure this out <laughs> together. You know, it's okay.
1: But maybe that's unfair to Orange Cassidy. I don't know. He, he looks like very cool. He wears sunglasses and like a denim jacket. And he's got these jeans on.
0: Uh, they're, they're kind of slacks, I think.
1: Are they slacks? Um... I don't know if they're slacks. <laughs>
0: no. Okay, so you just said slacks. You looked at me like slacks. No, obviously not. And I was expecting you to know... That Billy had trousers that he wore, his his comfy trousers, right. which then kind of transcended comfy trousers and just became known as slacks,
1: right, okay. which became
0: kind of an offensive material. Like if you say the word slacks to Adam for instance. A raised eyebrow, indeed. He'll know exactly what you're talking about. Okay. But they look like comfy pants for just around the house, even though they're denim. Even
1: though they're jeans, and I know you hate jeans. Ugh. Kevin has never worn jeans.
0: Well, I don't have. I had to by by, by law. I had Sorry,
1: to. I've never seen you ever in jeans. And therefore, I've never I never. Ironically, it's never happened. It's like how you don't have a face under your beard because I've never seen it. <laughs>
0: So with Orange Cassidy, I think you've picked quite a contentious comparison there for some people because there's some folks who are not going to like Coldplay right there and going to go, "He looks like Chris Martin." He's saying he looks like a dickhead, so people yeah, he does. <laughs> people want to know straight up, is the man a hunk? Is that what you're yeah, saying?
1: I think he's. A hunk. I don't. Oh, yeah, I don't we're, think Chris oof. Martin's a hunk necessarily.
0: But Orange Cassidy looks like him,
1: but has he has a special energy because he's. He's so lazy. Mm. He saunters around with his hands in his pockets, and he has this kind of like, yeah, you know, this big dick energy.
0: He has big dick energy. Yeah, he does. Is it the sauntering that causes big dick energy? What, no, what? I
1: don't think so. Because you can like fake a saunter, but it's the, like the fact that he just kind of doesn't care, doesn't doesn't even tr- care to try.
0: I mean, I'm not saying necessarily. I, I, I want to invoke the same kind of shield of immunity and protection for Joe there. He said that. He's a hunk, but he looks like Chris Martin. Don't judge those two things. Yeah. But I, I'm gonna invoke the same kind of protection there, and what I compare him to, because I want people to think that I think these characters are necessarily hunks. Ryan Gosling from Drive. Okay. Yeah. That's not. That's obviously not contentious. That is a hunk. Yeah. Yeah. But also Snoopy, uh, which I hmm. think he has got that.
1: You mean Joe Cool?
0: Yeah. He's got the aloof energy. Now I don't obviously Snoopy's not hot at all right just uh, okay. don't want people i had
1: a big crush on snoopy when i was a kid
0: <laughs> so if anyone's coming at me weird here or anything give looking me cross eyed just think joe said he looked like the guy from fucking cold play yeah you that's imagine prowess. that like, so get your pitchforks and torches right there but i say <laughs> snoopy and ryan gosling and drive because there is an aloofness to the point of creating an aura of mystic energy
1: you think it's aloof i don't think it's aloof i think it's
0: aloof because when Orange Cassidy comes into the into the building, you know, it's almost as if no one else is there. That he doesn't need anyone else. He's walking at his own pace.
1: I don't think that makes him aloof. You don't to think me, so? Aloof comes with an air of snootiness, of thinking you're better than other people. Ah. And I, I don't think Orange Cassidy has that kind of energy. The reason I think he has like big dick energy, for instance, is that even <laughs> that can
0: be big dick and aloof.
1: I'm not so sure. <laughs> I shouldn't discussion for another time. I yeah, I think so. But yeah, it's because like you know, I say he he doesn't try, but yeah, he is very good. He's mm. a great wrestler, and then that's important because there's there's not big dig energy just to not try all the time and be bad at things.
0: Now, what's interesting you mentioned there is that you said that he's got you know he's got skills and whatnot. Now we spent a lot of time talking about you know, the the luck is very important for Orange Cassidy. You know, you got a, a, a laid back customer like this with cool sunglasses wearing a t-shirt of himself, wearing a t-shirt of himself, mm-hmm. slowly sauntering out. But you did mention there as well about wrestling ability and skill. Yeah. Now, here's a guy who I know for a fact that he has wrestled at certain independent groups. And there seems to be almost like a great consensus. Among, it's like the mouse trap or something like that, where even though it's, it's played to great amounts of uh, audience and it's well-known, a lot of people want to keep the secret and... Folks hear the name Orange Cassie, and I feel a lot of people don't reveal the secret of Orange Cassie necessarily. No, and you look
1: at him and you think, well, there's just some hipster indie pro wrestler. Yeah. He looks a bit pretentious.
0: <laughs> and I think what, what is interesting about that is the fact that a lot of people have seen the name or heard the name yeah. and whatnot. And there has been instances where there have been fans who've been like absolutely red-faced. Amazing. Seeing this wrestler in the ring with shouts of Kayfabe is dead, etc.
1: Wow. Because
0: of the, uh, the the style. So we've mentioned about the looks. So why don't we talk about the style? Because you okay. said the man is lazy. How does that translate itself into the wrestling ring?
1: Well, I mentioned earlier that he has sunglasses on. Yeah. And I mentioned as well that he has his hands in his pockets a lot of the time. <laughs> and he uses both of these facts to great offence. So when he will, in inverted commas, wrestle... He will keep his hands in his pockets as much as possible and just try and keep his sunglasses on his face and he uses that as like wrestling manoeuvres. Right. So he'll use that as like an offensive manoeuvre.
0: So the actual wrestling match with Orange Cassidy isn't Mm. necessarily taking place between himself and his opponent Put himself and his opponent's attempts to take him out of a place where he could probably kick back and have a nap yeah. or lean against something.
1: Yeah, that's a good way of explaining it. Yeah, because it seems like Orange Cassidy, he doesn't really want to be there. He doesn't want to wrestle. So it's oftentimes his opponents are kind of trying to get him to just wrestle.
0: Yes, they want him to engage in the sport yeah. of professional wrestling. And that
1: often includes, that often involves, you know, using your hands. And if they're in your pockets, well, then how are you going to wrestle someone? So, like, often the first step with wrestling Orange Cassidy is to get his hands out of his pocket.
0: <laughs> I think by the end of this, we'll have a guide on how to defeat Orange Cassidy <laughs> yeah. in the wrestling ring. But, like, when I first saw him saunter in, and it was him in the ring with Tommy Dreamer at the Double or Nothing Battle Royale, and stra- as soon as I saw him, before he even laid a finger or did anything, And as soon as I saw him, immediately it clicked. I was like, all right, I get this. Straight away, 100%, I know what's happening here. Because he
1: comes out, doesn't he? And he has hands in his pockets and his sunglasses on. And he gives an almighty hail of kicks to Tommy Dreamer. Which is basically like him casually, gently nudging him with a foot.
0: There is a skill in hitting someone with such little force and still making contact to appear that you have gotten to the point of absolutely zero impact.
1: Yeah, it's really impressive to see.
0: (laughs) The lightest strokes. Yeah. Gingerly placed.
1: But sometimes they're done... Quite expertly. Like, he, he knows wrestling moves. So he'll do, like, the right positioning and the right coordination and everything. I don't even know if I'm saying this No, right. I
0: don't. But, like, the fact that he will do things, like, like the Daniel Bryan, like he'll get you down where you would be to your knees. Yeah. And, and then the big, oh, you're the big wilder. Yeah. But instead of doing that, he might just kind of stand on two feet and alternate his stepping for a yeah, little bit. Yeah, it's, too. like,
1: so low impact.
0: It's almost like you and know, Jazz strips back a song to its most basic key yeah. elements and you can barely hear the structure there still but you can feel it <laughs> you know everyone is still technically on the same page here but yeah. uh, as soon as i saw it i remember calling out to you to, for you to come and see it as well saying yeah. that you've got to see it. it's the damnedest thing because i knew you'd love it because you like a bit of comedy in your wrestling I right love
1: comedy and wrestling it should be every wrestling show should have at least an element of comedy i think
0: Now, when you say an element of comedy, does that mean, you know, in the middle of a match, something wacky happens, like, I don't know, a wrestler pushes a referee and they push him back and the wrestler falls on his keister or her keister or whatever? Or are you talking about specifically, you want a match where the theme of it or the overall goal of it is a bit of comedy instead of just drama?
1: Ideally that, yeah.
0: Have you gotten much of that in your few years of watching wrestling? No. (laughs) What do you mean, you don't like Elias?
1: No, I don't like Elias. Oh, Some people like Elias No beef with them
0: I mean I'm just bringing up Elias not to, to, to bury the poor man But like WWE in their attempts to present A variety show and to give you a bit of comedy They're less likely to give you A comedy style match And more likely to give you a segment with wrestlers Who normally wrestle seriously yeah. Like Elias or Jinder Mahal Or whoever it is And then just kind of chuck him out for a bit of, of, of Ha-ha's and giggles but what have been like the funniest moments and the best examples of comedy? And let's exclude Orange Cassidy, because I feel that he might be topping... Yeah. Is he topping your list for yeah, comedy? Yeah,
1: probably. <laughs> but outside of Orange Cassidy, I mean, the indie circuits, I feel, have a lot of... Depending on which company it is, which promotion, they have a lot of comedy. Yeah. Kenny Omega is probably one of my favourite comedy wrestlers. He has given quite a few matches over the years that I've thought were ingenious for mm. the comedy elements like he wrestled a pencil didn't he was that him
0: uh it was Brian Pillman it was wrestled Brian Pillman I'm so yeah. sorry
1: Brian Pillman is again a great comedy wrestler though yeah
0: that's true so Pillman wrestled a giant pencil Kenny and,
1: Omega wrestled an inflatable sex doll and
0: also a nine-year-old girl
1: and a nine-year-old girl that was yeah that was so funny <laughs>
0: man oh man so you like when a wrestler is able to maybe get a performance out of a concept where we wouldn't necessarily think we would get a performance. Yeah,
1: or like when you have a wrestling match which goes in an unexpected direction. Like, there was one we did, which I think was from PWG, which was um, Candice LeRae and Joey Ryan. Oh, yeah. Uh, against...
0: The Young Bucks, was it? The this? Young
1: Bucks, I think it was, yeah. And they involved some weapons. Yes. And instead of it being the uh, the draw pins that you often get, push pins, in a wrestling match where you have it in a in a bag and you open it out to the floor and then you kick someone with it. They had gummy bears. Yeah. <laughs> And then they had a chant from the audience of like, you sick fuck, you sick fuck. Because they were using gubby bears.
0: (laughs) And I like as well, you can use comedy though to kind of under... You don't necessarily, in my opinion, have to have a match where it's just comedy. You can use comedy in serious matches, I think, as well. I think that's something which is Hmm. often overlooked. I mean, on that same Double or Nothing show, I know that Chris Jericho, for instance, was ringing the bell in the middle of the match and doing stuff that my initial gut reaction is that of comedy... But it doesn't necessarily think that, oh, this match is, isn't going to be serious then. No one's taking it seriously, let's just say.
1: Yeah. Chris Jericho, is, yeah, he's a great comedy wrestler yeah. as well. Yeah,
0: you can bust it out when it's needed. Like yeah. Owen Hart is another person who can who can bust out as well. Yeah. I find Asuka, she had great comedy within her wrestling zone. So she would mimic her opponents yeah. and stuff like that. But a whole match bell to bell where you've got what is essentially a very limiting gimmick because when you talk about Orange Cassie saying that he's low energy when he gets whipped against the ropes, he will walk with his hands in his pockets. Yeah. At a snail's pace.
1: It's impressive how slow he does it, considering he has like momentum behind him. <laughs> like It takes a lot of skill to do something that low energy in wrestling.
0: Now, I thought pretty much after we had seen that first Double or Nothing Battle Royale, I, I thought, okay, right. I get it. That's really funny. I want to watch a match, because assumedly there is the match which is the one type of match you can do with this gimmick which will then i assume get used over and over again with the same opponents in different companies and i thought well you know if you're an indie wrestler you want to have a great gimmick that you can take around you know much like with stand-up comedy once you've got a good routine you've got it down to your tight five or ten go tour the world with it and make your money and yes joe It's not as limiting a gimmick as one you you might think.
1: No, I think it's actually been one of the most varied gimmicks I've ever seen. It's it's amazing where he's taken it. Yeah. Considering it's basically just, this is a guy who doesn't want to wrestle. He has taken it in the extremes in every possible direction. And he's utilised his opponents as well to really enhance it. So he'll play off whoever his opponent is in the extreme way in that he doesn't want to wrestle. So you've got like... Say someone like Colt Cabana, who's a comedy wrestler, who just wants to put on, like, a fun, good match. Yeah. Who maybe might go along with the gimmick for a bit, but then might want to do some wrestling. even
0: in kayfabe, you know, Colt's, like, a fun guy, so... Yeah, he's so... a fun
1: guy. He does some comedy wrestling himself. Yeah. He gets the gimmick. <laughs> he'll he's put, not... up he'll put up with it. He'll put up with it, so he'll, like, do some jokey bits with it. So then you've got the him against a comedy guy, which is really funny. But you've also got him against, like, you know, a proper serious opponent who doesn't want him to be like not wrestling. Jordan Grace
0: we watched him yeah. against, you know? Or watching him in, you know, particularly Starstead, like he took on Velveteen Dream of all recently. Oh, I haven't
1: seen that. Him
0: and Keith Lee, for instance. Oh,
1: I would love to see that. Oh, and this God. is
0: when straight away, it's like you get the most interesting toy in the play box all of a sudden where it's like, hang on. This completely flips everything on its head because you put him in there with an ultra violent wrestler. You put him up against a coward. You put him up in there against a powerhouse. Mm-hmm. You All these different types of wrestler you put him up against and then all of a sudden your strange anomaly of a weird lazy non-wrestler character is in a wild and wacky situation each time and we've mentioned a lot about how lazy he is and how incredibly handsome he is yes but one thing we've definitely skirted around is how insanely athletic and no doubt incredibly well conditioned he is as a wrestler even though everything he does is to show you that he's not. It takes a lot of energy to be this lazy. Yeah,
1: seriously. Because it's way harder to wrestle when you've got your hands in your pockets. You have to have such core strength.
0: I mean, have you tried getting up off the ground with your hands in your pockets? No,
1: I probably couldn't do it. That's embarrassing, isn't it? I mean,
0: I'm pretty sure I couldn't do it. Yeah. like I... I
1: and he does it with a kip-up.
0: What the fr- And a kip-up just so folks at home know what you mean when you say that. So that's
1: when you're on your back and then you use like the momentum of your legs to kind of kick up onto your feet. You with... kind of
0: go up into a little ball and yeah, bounce you, like, out. Yeah, bounce, right?
1: bounce back and then onto your legs. It's so hard to do even when you have your arms out because you need your arms kind of for the momentum.
0: The wrestlers that do it, really, when you think about it, it's like Shawn Michaels, The Rock you know it's it's a very low list of ultra that,
1: buff yeah
0: like... ultra buff ultra athletic yeah <laughs> they've
1: all got six pack for miles
0: like though i saw someone do it once in wrestling they were like only 20 years old they debuted on raw for a few weeks a guy called sylvan granier and he was like this young stud he wanted to show it yeah, look, look what i can do as well he went up to do it and he landed right in his arse oh uh... And you know when you have to do that kip-up, you roll up into the tiniest little scrunchy ball and then pop, you explode out. And then if one leg just kind of slips and then you land right on your ass like a child and you're like, "Eh, I landed on my bum. Nothing makes you look more stupid than a botched kip-up. A
1: failed kip-up. Because they don't look that hard. They are really hard. Yeah. But they look kind of like, "Eh, yeah, maybe I could do that, maybe.
0: If you can't do it 100% effortlessly, there is no point in doing it.
1: No, that's, yeah, yeah.
0: But never mind doing it effortlessly, effortlessly with your hands in your pockets. I don't
1: know, yeah, how he does it. He must practice them, like, let's do 50 a day or something. He's
0: cut up. He's
1: shredded. Oh, yeah, he's, he's properly shredded his Orange Cassidy.
0: I mean, he's, uh, he's mostly glamour muscles.
1: I don't, I wouldn't say there's, glamour muscles because he's like he's uh, he's tight like yeah like he's he's not a big guy he's tall but he's not like a big guy he's not like covered in massive muscles or anything he's just like very svelte
0: it's someone who you're more used to seeing in a movie or in a rock band video than necessarily (laughs) wrestling or in
1: cold play
0: (laughs) (laughs) what we've noticed in watching him wrestle is that Orange Cassidy can change colour at a very quick Quick moment's notice. Mm. A single knife-edge chop to Orange Cassidy will cause his entire body to turn red from yeah. head to toe. Now, figuring out where to start in terms of putting together a match list or a recommended viewing list for Orange Cassidy was, was quite difficult, Joe. I
1: disagree. Really? I found it very easy. When you <laughs> came to me, and were like, we need to pick some matches for Orange Cassidy. I was like, well, I know immediately what I want our match list to be. This is the first time, actually, I've, I've been involved with picking any matches for our, any episode.
0: So, why was it so easy?
1: Because it's the order in which I came across Orange Cassidy. Ah. And it was perfect for me. It really, like, introduced it just perfectly, what his gimmick was and the evolution of that gimmick and how it could be used in different oh, I ways. I see,
0: I see. So, I mean, you would recommend folks would would start off by checking out, at the very least, the Battle Royale or whose appearance yeah. within.
1: first first... I would recommend the uh, the Battle Royale and see Orange Cassidy's like appearance in that because it's very short. You immediately get the idea of what the gimmick is and it's like a perfect entry point to seeing him interact with some. Like Tommy Dreamer is such a generic wrestler. <laughs> wrestling's protagonist, as yeah, you refer wrestling's to him as. <laughs> exactly, yeah, so he's like the perfect first opponent for, I think, for Orange Cassidy if you're going to introduce yourself to him as a character.
0: I would also recommend checking out a, a short movie that's on YouTube featuring Orange Cassidy Called The Comedy in Wrestling, which involves talking to Orange Cassidy and a few other wrestlers like Cole Cabana about the ideas of comedy being used as in the media of professional wrestling. And also, Orange Cassidy explains a bit about how his character came together because, you know, you get to see pictures of him when he was just a regular indie wrestler and he said you know i looked okay i could do an okay mood he salt. did not
1: look okay his look was awful it just looked like he looked at every
0: other indie wrestler didn't he? Yeah, it yeah so he generic just kind of decided to go this route as well to make himself different and it's really interesting watch that one i would wholeheartedly recommend checking it out and of course you know orange cassidy the gimmick kind of originated along with a lot of other very creative comedy stuff in that kind of comedic hotbed, Chikara. Uh, He was involved in the Gentleman's Club with uh, Chuck Taylor and some other folks back in the day. So he was a guy who was making like silly little web videos and, you know, putting a lot of comedy into his wrestling matches. This is going back years and years and years. And as great Chikara is for being a hotbed for creativity, I find that sometimes it can be quite closed off that if you're not very into Chikara you might know about this great litany of different characters because very often those characters are just in Chikara and a few other little places. So I was very happy to see that Orange Cassidy is one of these characters. Like Jervis Cottonbelly that has kind of exploded out beyond the confines of that very fun uh, place, Chikara, into the wider world. So our first match that you decided to pick for us to have a look at then, Mm -hmm. Joe. And explain as well, please, as you put these matches together for the first time, your reckoning or your rationale behind the order of these matches.
1: So, with our battle royale at AEW Double or Nothing, that's a bit of a mouthful to say.
0: AEW. AEW. <laughs> AEW. Alright, Michael Cole, it makes sense now. It makes sense. AEW. thing.
1: But at AEW Double or Nothing... We saw Orange Cassidy against a generic protagonist of an opponent, Tommy Dreamer.
0: Someone's gonna get really upset for you, Carl, Tommy Dreamer, generic.
1: Well, well, save it for the episode. And yeah. Tell me why I'm so wrong.
0: He's gonna get loads of gifs of Tommy Dreamer like setting stuff on fire. Is this generic? Yes. Him cutting himself, is this generic? Yes. Him going through all these tables, is this generic?
1: If Tommy Dreamer does it, it's generic, I don't care what it is. <laughs> okay, Doesn't we matter. can agree
0: that pile driving your future wife is not generic though, if right? If Tommy
1: Dreamer does it, then it is because he's the protagonist.
0: <laughs> it's a trope now, you've done it Tommy, it's a cliche. Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I wanted to see him against a different opponent, or with at least an opponent with something else to offer. A new challenge, perhaps, for Orange Cassidy.
0: So, someone whose default position isn't just, I'm the wrestler and why are you not wrestling?
1: Yes. <laughs> so, I thought a match against Colt Cabana would be great because we've got Colt Cabana, who is traditionally a bit of a comedy wrestler. Well, a versatile wrestler, I would say. He does elements of comedy and elements of like actual, genuine, like just amazing wrestling.
0: I would say that the heart of it is still, it's, it's comedy. It is comedy, yeah. Yeah. And I think. In that documentary that we watched um, about about it, the little short movie, The Comedy of Wrestling, he talks quite eloquently about how using the wrestling as that kind of method to deliver humor is like the kind of the purest thing. He mentioned a a wrestler from World of Sport back in the day, Les Kellett, who's someone that we've seen a few clips of. And there is something to be said about the comedy that you can get just from like chain wrestling and stuff like that. You wouldn't think that is... A hotbed of comedy, like. No, but it
1: totally is. Yeah, no, it's it's a really interesting medium. It's one of the reasons I'm so into wrestling, I think. is yeah. because it's totally unlike anything else. It's its own style and genre of comedy.
0: It's very rare that you can get a belly laugh from someone getting out of a headlock, but yeah. you know, these are the wrestlers that can provide such belly laughs. Yeah,
1: absolutely. It's a shame that that kind of wrestling isn't more prominent today, I think. But elements of it are, yes. obviously. So we've got Orange Cassidy versus Colt Cabana at Feast Championship Wrestling. This is in 2019, so this year.
0: So Feast Championship Wrestling. Just so we know, this is the first time ever I think that we've done a match that is sponsored by a sandwich. Uh, this is a sandwich company was sponsoring this wrestling, as was far it? as I know. Yeah, in, wow. in, in Long in Rhode Island, I believe it was. But I'm not, I'm not sure if there was any of the WWE pay-per-views that we reviewed on Patreon, which were sponsored by a particular. Sandwich or meat flavoured bread based Mm -hmm. uh, uh, item of food. Uh, I'm not sure if Subway has been involved in that recently. So I don't want to say that erroneously. But I think this is our first sandwich promoted (laughs) match we've ever had.
1: Good to know. We'll (laughs) add that in the episode notes. (laughs) But we have a new element for this match. Because Orange Cassidy has asked someone to get him a drink. Yeah. So he has a can of beer with him at the start of this match. And uh, the idea is that he doesn't want to spill any of that that drink. Yeah. But Colt Cabana, he wants a match out of this. So there is going to be wrestling.
0: So the negotiation this match is between the low energy of Orange Cassidy, who wants to enjoy his frosty beverage, because it's a sunny day and they're wrestling outside. Mm. And an OC looks like he might be susceptible to sunburn. Like, oh, you know? yeah, he
1: already looks a little bit burned <laughs> at the beginning of this match. Bless and him. If you're
0: going to be out in the sun, don't get any knife-edge chops because you're even more oh. likely to get burned. So, yeah, you get the low energy of him wanting to conserve his beer and it not to be spilt. And you get the high energy of Colcabana, who wants to have a wrestling match, but also at the same time seems to want to, you know let Orange Cassidy do his thing do then. his thing I should point out as well he said that he. someone went out to get him a beer it was pointed out in commentary that it was his manservant Swamp Monster oh the
1: Swamp Monster the Got Swamp it.
0: Monster now you are aware that there is a Swamp Monster in wrestling. I hope you're... This. Is... I mean,
1: I wasn't at this point, but yeah, over these few matches, I've become aware that there is a Swamp Monster in wrestling.
0: So, the Swamp Monster was also part of the Gentleman's Club with uh, with Chuck Taylor and, uh, and Orange Cassidy. Okay. And the main goal of the Swamp Monster for many years seemed to be to carry Orange Cassidy around because he was too lazy to come to the ring. Amazing. So we had this big Swamp Monster that would just take him and put him up in places like that. Now, I spent many years like a lot of folks who were in Jakarta trying to Figure out the secret identity of the swamp monster. And I saw something on Reddit a while ago where it was like, Secret of the swamp monster, who is it? Da, da, da. And then someone just said in the comments, Well, we all know now that's the NXT UK champion. So straight away I was like, Wait a minute, this has been revealed. And I spent a whole day and a half thinking that Volter from NXT UK and Progress and Beyond, that the big massive german powerhouse was the swamp monster and i was thinking well that makes sense because swamp monster is quite big and all yes i only realized though that that thread was from like six or seven months ago from before vulture won the championship oh so pete dunn was the swamp monster now i'm not sure if he was the only swamp monster but he was a swamp monster Pete Dunn, you think you know a guy.
1: He seems so small to be a swamp monster. I know,
0: right? Didn't feel like he'd be a swamp monster type.
1: No. So, first of all, we have Colt Cabana chain wrestling someone who isn't wrestling.
0: And that is a thing of itself, is, is, is a thing of beauty. It is. <laughs> and he's got the beer in his hand as well.
1: Oh yeah, and he's got the beer in his hand. The uh, whole time. I always wondered what would happen if you had a wrestler trying to wrestle someone who's just limp. I always thought that would be a good gimmick, just like a really limp wrestler who just goes floppy every time. So you can't like maneuver them into anything. They're just kind of like, just in the way.
0: So basically you're saying if the zombie in ECW knew how to work. Yeah. Could have went in there, done some, I mean, Sandman had this opportunity when he had his match show, but Sandman didn't think to go for the chain wrestling and get the comedy goal. He just hit him with a stick instead. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, he's stood there. With this can of beer in his hand, as Colt is doing the whole, you know, headlock, go behind, hammerlock, drop down, going for the double leg. And the whole time Orange Cassidy is static with the beer in his hand.
1: Totally chill. Wow. Yeah.
0: I mean, I love when you can just tell that there is an unparalleled level of communication between wrestlers. Yes. You know, where it's like, you don't even need to say what we're doing. We can just, our bodies are working together. And I have you to say, you see that in matches like Ric Flair and Sting when we watched for a long matches episode. But you kind of get it here as well in a different way. Mm. Where there is this unspoken, complete like scene partner bond here with these two guys. <laughs> They're not going to fuck this up. So Colt kind of, he plays this beautifully. Because at the start, he, he, know, he knows in kayfabe that Orange Cassidy is not going to engage with him. But he does seem kind of like a bit confused but he wants to kind of play along a little bit yeah. begrudgingly like yeah okay this is what we do I guess yeah now. I get that
1: this is funny and I get <laughs> this is what kind of the people want because the crowd are super into Orange Cassidy yeah. like in every single match he's in the crowd love him
0: I couldn't imagine what it would be like to see an Orange Cassidy match where the crowd doesn't get in on the fun it
1: must be so strange to see but
0: apparently that Keith Lee match for instance that's when people come out and like oh fuck this we got promised a proper match on the card you know Keith Lee versus Mystery Opponent. And I, I kind of like, you know, there's a comedian who I love called Stuart Lee who purposely will take his show and kind of amp up elements of it where he thinks that he can split the audience in two and make part of the audience really hate him. And then he plays off of that chaos because that's the, his, he does a character in his stand-up who is the failing kind of stand-up. When I saw him in Lincoln, like 12 people left the audience. That's
1: amazing. Which
0: sounds like a disaster for any stand-up, but... Like, anytime I tell a fan, like, yeah, I saw him and 12 people left, they're like, oh, really? Because yeah. I've always wanted to see him where the show falls apart and there's a bit of chaos and he works the audience off against each other as opposed to everyone loving him. So, actually, I would, in a way, would actually love to see OC yeah. a- a- in that uh, scenario. like
1: Colt jokingly lets Orange Cassidy wrestle him to the ground for a pin. Like kind of like yeah okay let's, let's see where we're going with go, this oh. sure sure buddy oh no here I am I'm on yeah. the ground tends
0: to sell like some of his moves like ah oh no please <laughs> uh, but then he kicks out at one there's moments when the pace picks up unexpectedly with uh, with Orange Cassidy in his matches yes like he can actually pull it out and do stuff
1: oh yeah 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 he's he's quick is Orange Cassidy
0: and this is like where the beauty of this comedy comes in because you have around five minutes of the slow pace with him you know. You know, Cole's going to fire him off the ropes with the beard. He walks a pace a second, you know, going, woo, here we go, baby. But then when the pace picks up and all of a sudden they're shooting off the ropes, Mm. doing actual moves, and he's still holding the beer and still not spilling a drop.
1: Yeah, he's still got like one hand in his pocket and he's holding a beer and he's still managing to go really fast, but also holding back.
0: That's beautiful. It it, it feels like that's something like a client or a mime would do back in, you know, like proper classic stuff where they kind of lower the expectations of like this person is bumbling or silly. They're not going to be able to do anything. And then they actually pull out quite an amazing feat of uh, balance or poise or whatever. And it's like, holy shit, you don't expect this at all. Yeah.
1: We uh, get a five count when Colt takes the beer. <laughs> not okay. Do not take Orange Cassidy's beer. One, two, three. You better give it back. Four.
0: I have till five, referee. <laughs> this is now officially within the rule book of wrestling. Party fouls, I believe, now have to get the, the five count there as well. You take someone's seat as well. If, if someone takes out a steel chair and then you sit in it without, oh. you know, so without asking them, I feel that that's a five count as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Orange Cassie declares that they're going to go around the world, baby. And he gets up to the top rope and he literally he, he starts walking the ropes like he Undertaker, he, except...
1: He walks the whole ropes, yeah. He's doing it with a fucking beer in his hand. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, he's... Definitely, there's some cooperation from Colt here, but it's impressive to see.
0: I mean, there's a point where he wobbles, and it's very scary because you get the wobbles of the legs, which then makes its way up onto Ooh, the beer at the end, yeah. like you know, spilling a drop, not Careful. a drop,
1: not a drop. <laughs> Orange Cassidy arm drags Colt off the top rope while holding the beer, which is very impressive.
0: Is that a top spot for you?
1: Mm, it's hard to say because there's so many top spots in this. Like, I mean, there's a great moment where Orange Cassidy hands the beer to Colt for a bit to hold so that he can give him a knife-edged chop. (laughs) And Colt falls to his back but still keeps the beer perfectly upright. So, again, it doesn't drip at all. (laughs) So he's, like, having to go along with it a bit because he doesn't want the, the beer to spill either.
0: What I love about Orange as well is that you don't really, even after we've watched dozens of matches of his, it feels like, in the last few weeks, and yet you don't really feel that you know what he can do fully it's always a surprise when he decides to pull something out so when he goes to the top rope and he goes 6.30 like he's gonna do ricochet's finisher I
1: love that <laughs> and I'm like yo maybe may, maybe he might maybe And then Colt playing the heel yells at him to stop and just hits the beer away. We would have had a 6.30 otherwise. Yeah, otherwise,
0: other than Colt Cabana ruining the fun for everyone. Get the quick roll up because once you've lost your beer, you've lost your life force in these wrestling matches. And Colt Cabana picks up the win. Orange Cassie's not got the most impressive win-loss record. No. Uh, We we saw a lot of matches with him on the losing end of things.
1: Yes, no spoilers, (laughs) but yeah. Absolutely.
0: Uh your rating, your thoughts on this match, Joe. I
1: love this match. It's so fun. It I gave it four stars out of five. I thoroughly recommend it as just like an art of how to wrestle while holding beer.
0: I love the idea that you know it reminds me of you and Macho man, he would do the promos and he obviously just gets something like a cup of coffee or the creamer or the newspaper or the broom or whatever. I feel like these two guys could have just went backstage and go, Right, pick an item. We're gonna have the gimmick of the match be around this maybe we'll have a match sponsored by beer wrestled about sandwiches next maybe That's it, yeah you know that's where the world is going i want it to be in that place <laughs> coming up next we decided to venture into different waters in the independent circus from austin texas where we're going to keep things weird with wrestle circus and a match for the vacant sideshow championship as Orange Cassidy takes on the world's sweetest man, Gentleman Jervis. Russell Circus, I believe, made some headlines recently by saying, uh, if you went to one of their shows and you said you didn't enjoy it more than a WWE show, they will give you their money back. Wow. Which, I mean, I feel like we could roll up in a, you know, like a Roman Reigns uh, big dog t-shirt with a you know, special sound effect glove and be yeah. like, you want to play this game? <laughs> Rock.
1: <laughs> <laughs> i don't think it would be hard to be more enjoyable than a wwe show
0: well tell me which match did you prefer from uh, from stomping grounds to this yeah, one mm-hmm. wow well, well actually stomping Grounds was okay yes but it had a silly name you can't like it can you no <laughs> shut up joe orange cassidy as we've described very handsome uh, aloof lazy lazy man gentleman jervis first appearance on the podcast i believe so if folks at home unaware of this ray of sunshine how would you describe this
1: fellow well he's the world's sweetest man that is i mean that's that's him yeah he's lovely he's polite he doesn't like swearing he Mm. loves hugs he follows me on twitter oh well now yeah gloat gloat <laughs> but he follows most people on twitter because he's lovely I he's literally- sweet he follows back yeah. there was an issue one time he was like i want to follow new people because i like people to, to like this post and i'll follow you so i was like okay Aww. he's just nice he's just a nice nice man
0: uh, also advocate for mental health and very very open about struggles and you know advocacy for people to get help and all that and wants wrestling to be a generally speaking more inclusive nicer place and I'll tell you what, anytime you watch a Gentleman Jervis match, there's always part of you which will see in the back of your eye all the kids in the audience who are having the best goddamn time <laughs> of their fucking lives. Yeah,
1: he's good with kids.
0: Oh, it's nice. It, you need to see that now and then, don't you? Yeah. That kids are being somewhat catered to. Yeah. You know, what I found out the other day what? that the majority of the audience for Monday Night Raw is over the age of 40.
1: Whoa. 40! Whoa.
0: That's not good for a PG show, guys.
1: That's a bit. I mean, I can understand now why they're going in a different direction, maybe with it. But that's, yeah, oh, that's sad though. I mean, what are they gonna do if as kids. wrestling gets older, like if kids aren't watching it, where's the audience gonna go?
0: Yeah, right. Because I mean, whatever about the audience as well, but you need obsessive fans to watch it so they grow up to become wrestlers yeah. as well. Even further down the line, there's a two-prong effect that this will have. So, I mean. I can't believe there's so few groups. I mean, we mentioned Chikara; they run family-friendly shows. Wrestle Circus; they run family-friendly shows. I know there's a few places in the UK. I mean, there's a tradition here in the UK of the Butland shows and the holiday camp shows, which, by their very nature, are family-friendly. But I would hazard to say, and this is no knock on you know Progress or any of those places, but if I saw a cool indie show that was in town or whatever, I wouldn't take a kid to see it. No. Because you're probably going to see a lot of swearing. Not to mention, there's
1: a lot of drinking that goes on with these shows often. I don't know how safe I'd necessarily feel taking a a small child there. No.
0: And again, it's not a knock. I mean, these shows aren't trying to make a family-friendly atmosphere. They're not, no. They're trying to be inclusive, but inclusive for adults who are okay with, you know, violence and swearing and all that. But Mm. an actual kids-friendly show, I feel that is an underserviced market at the moment. And that's not just in the indies. That's with WWE as well. I need to sort that shit out. So Orange Cassidy, when he's coming out, he doesn't make his way to the ring. And this is what I love about him is that there's a world building with him always because everyone's in on the joke. The referee, the ring announcer, who says that he's sauntering his way to the ring, wait, whatever, from wherever. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that I absolutely love. It it, it builds itself. Mm -hmm. Now this match is for a championship. We did watch some later matches where he does have a championship title of his own. And uh, I'm quite obsessed with how wrestlers come to the ring with their championship belts.
1: Yeah, you're always on the lookout for new ways to carry a belt.
0: How does a Freshly Squeezed carry that championship?
1: It's so clever. He has it in a backpack. So he doesn't even have it on display. It's hidden on his back. Can you imagine that in WWE? How offensive that would be Yeah.
0: Is. Where's your belt in my backpack? What? What? That's two things you've done. What? What? And when he comes out as well, he doesn't, like, when the announcer does the intro saying he's the champion or whatever, he doesn't hold the belt up. He gives it to the referee and just kind of mildly half gestures to the referee. <laughs> like To say that the level of kind of semi-comatoseness, it's not just with the movements, it's with the taunts. Yeah. It's getting into the ring. The signature almost non existent thumbs up.
1: Yeah, it's like barely a thumb there.
0: It's it's an acknowledgement. The
1: thumb has fallen asleep. It's having a little nap against the rest of the hand.
0: I mean it's not a fist in your hand, but it certainly aspires to be up the yeah. thumb, you know. It's it's very, very perfect.
1: Gentleman Jervis comes out to Mr. Brightside, the most beloved song for the most beloved wrestler.
0: They all like met in their 40s with tears in their eyes. Kids Coming jumping out up. of my
1: cage and I'll be doing just fine. Why did I waste my 20s?
0: <laughs> I love the slow donning of the elbow pad for Orange Cassidy.
1: Oh yeah, his signature elbow pad that he keeps in his pocket. I don't know, does he need it? Is it just part of his gimmick?
0: He seems to me... And this is just kind of looking back now, my, my y- younger years, uh, with with a bit of... Uh, not not nostalgia, but he looks to me like a hangover become manifest. He's got the orange juice in his back pocket, the sunglasses on at all times, any excuse for a nap, Yeah, the bare minimum of dress, possibly what you slept in, and mm-hmm. then if there's anything additional that needs to go on... Like, I've seen ties get put on for family functions with the same level of speed as this elbow pad that gets slowly put on here, <laughs> you know? The only thing that takes this away is that if Orange Cassidy had to leave in the middle of a match if he smelled food or anything like that mm. to go get sick, yeah. other than that, this is the absolute physical embodiment of a hangover Nobody come just to life. not want to
1: wrestle. You yeah. don't want to wrestle when you're hungover. I know,
0: right? I think that might be it. We might have figured out the why, you know, as to <laughs> why Orange doesn't want to wrestle. You yeah. catch
1: him when he's sober, he's on. <laughs> We uh, have a hug from Jervis. He goes in for one, and for a second it seems like Cassidy might not hug back, but no, it turns out he's just being really apathetic, and he is hugging back, but just his hand is so low down and just so tired.
0: Well, the thing about it, when you get hungover, right, if someone comes in to give you a big hug, there is obviously, you're, everyone likes a, a hug in those circumstances, I'm sure, if you're getting a consensual hug when you feel a bit rough but there is the shame of the smell and knowing Ah. the experience of hugging someone quite tightly who's hung over. Right. You might squeeze out some of the juice, you know? Nice. (laughs) And that's why there's that, uh, the hand when that comes up, that almost is like a, I'm sorry. You know? (laughs) know? I've given that hug back. Yeah, I know (laughs) what it's like.
1: There's some wrestling, kind of, and briefly, Orange Cassidy's glasses get thrown off. Oh! Oh! So Jervis gently puts them back on out of respect. He understands. It's
0: like uh, when mankind put the rock sunglasses back on, you know. <laughs> he, he knows that him looking cool is in everyone's best interests yep. here, you know. He's kind of <laughs> he's game for that. Canonically Removing the hands of Orange Cassidy against his will from his pockets. Oh,
1: it's impossible.
0: It's it's a fool's game. Now it is really a, hard. A lot of wrestlers who've tried to take it out and usually the best way to do is to get into Orange Cassidy's head so he will take them out willingly himself. Yeah. But, like, we watched a match with Jordan Grace and her finisher... She's, is, like,
1: one of the strongest wrestlers ever. Yes. And she couldn't do it.
0: Yeah, she couldn't ply those hands. And her finisher is a pump handle involved, which means the <laughs> arm has to get pulled up kind of over near their head. And she couldn't get it out. And as a result, Orange Cassidy was able to secure a victory that way. <laughs> so, yeah, you got to be careful. If you're, if you're like, scouting Orange Cassidy for your match by listening to this podcast... yeah. Don't try and take those hands out. It's a fool's game. You no, know? you'll
1: never manage it. You got to try another way.
0: <laughs> now, I appreciate things like this that happen in the match when a big holy shit chant breaks out, and straight away Jervis is telling everyone to be quiet and to chant holy poop instead. I like that.
1: That's it's, a Shikara thing, isn't it? It
0: is. Yeah. That's. Uh, it's. I think it's a general like fan-friendly, like family-friendly. Yeah. Shows that they they throw at you that holy poop, like you know. I don't know if you pooped up is uh, one which gets used, you know.
1: I wonder. But,
0: like, I think that is one of the things that you don't think about with family-friendly wrestling. Is you don't think, like, hey, maybe the crowd might start swearing their heads off, There's a lot of
1: swearing in wrestling chants.
0: There is. And, I mean, there's a lot of swearing in wrestling podcasts as well, you know. That's true. Ours included. (laughs) But, I mean, I'm not saying, like, oh, like, you know. I, I'm offended by anyone swearing, but it's like if if you are a parent with a kid, you have the right to not want that kid to hear swear words. Yeah. And if it's a friendly friendly show, I like that the effort is made. You know, it's yeah, good. it's
1: sweet, cute.
0: Uh, and then uh, what, of course, did ma- I think the reason this has got my dander up is that the announcer went, "Well, there's kids somewhere."
1: Is this <laughs> literally right in the front yes. row. Yes. Jervis hugged them in his entrance. How did you not see that?
0: <laughs> yeah, there's, there's there's kids in lots of places, notably in your family-friendly yeah. kids' wrestling show that has a fucking circus theme to it. Yeah, there's a few.
1: And also, what a lovely wrestler to go see if you are a kid like Gentleman Jervis. That's awesome.
0: And I think Orange Cassidy is the perfect foil for any child. Boo! Yeah. The lazy man! <laughs> Boo! He smells like my brother's jacket! Boo! <laughs> Jervis again is... It comes from the Cole cabana perspective here of wanting to you know want to put on a show and all that but there's obviously the level of politeness with jervis as well that maybe he thinks that orange can't run the ropes or doesn't want to or is unable to so he's very accommodating so he runs against the ropes for orange cassie to do like a drop down you know is to lie down for him to, to jump over expecting that maybe Orange might want to do a move or it's something. Big
1: mistake to get Orange Cassidy to lie down. Yeah. He'll never get them up again.
0: Yeah, he, he lies down. And he's a little bit... We get ten drop downs from, uh, from Jervis, who frantically runs the ropes.
1: Cassidy's just relaxing. Yeah. He's just there. He's got a leg up over his other leg. He's just like just hanging out, <laughs> having a good time. So first, Jervis looks down at Cassidy, just to see if he's still like, awake, basically, just because he's been there for a while. And then... Cassidy goes for the pin quickly. So then Jervis picks up Orange Cassidy and starts rocking him.
0: So a, a little cradle type maneuver. Yeah. It was very impressive.
1: He's a big guy.
0: Yeah. I've never been rocked and swaddled like oh, that. And I'm I sorry. just was nice, you know. That was a nice idea. And. If maybe the Big Show could do that for me, you know? I'd I'm like sure. that. If
1: anyone could do it, it's the Big Show.
0: I mean, I was going to ask, oh, you, see, I can do that to you. I can pick you up like that and swaddle yeah. you around. I don't think what wrestler I'd like to to swaddle me the most, you know? Maybe Big Show.
1: Big Show's
0: the the biggest. He is the biggest, isn't he? You know? it might be soft and safe in I there. I think
1: he seems quite soft there, yeah.
0: Yeah, I think so. Unless he doesn't do one of his, his, his trademark heel turns on me.
1: <laughs> the so- crowd go shh. He is asleep now he, he turns on his side to suck his thumb
0: oh right, so that, that comes with kick out when he tries to pin him it's like one two then he goes over to suck yeah. his thumb. He's like oh he kicked but out his shoulders
1: aren't on the ground anymore
0: are you a side sleeper
1: as well i'm a everything sleeper every direction every which way
0: every permutation yep i'm pretty sure i am a solid side sleeper yeah you are yeah that's that's good to know me and OC share that together <laughs> so a line of attack here for a gentleman Jervis, when you've got a napping wrestler,
1: you got some weapons. You got
0: some weapons. You got to bring some. Uh, you got to bring some foreign objects to the party. Mm. Uh, what What does he bring underneath the ring? Of course, all litany of manner of items and objects.
1: He brings out a very soft cushion and a very nice pink blanket.
0: Now you know it's a soft cushion because it's got embroidery and doily bits on the outside. Yeah, nice. It's a hand crimped cushion. You know it's very very soft indeed. <laughs> So he very gingerly places it underneath his head.
1: Yeah, he puts Cassie to bed.
0: Drapes over the blanket. Tucks him in. It made me very sleepy.
1: Then he kisses him goodnight. Oh, how oh, that's... Sleepy that would make you.
0: That's like the, the the real like dangerous combination. It's like when Daniel Bryan puts you in the surfboard stretch yeah. and then kicks the back of your head. It's, <laughs> my God, on top of everything else, he kissed him on the forehead. <laughs> All nicely tucked up, ready to be pinned. One two well
1: hang on they have to do it quietly of course because orange cassidy is asleep one two. two oh no the ref is going to sneeze Ah! and then it looks like the ref's gonna sneeze and then he doesn't and then he does wait he puts his fit this i don't understand
0: this is an american thing i swear it might have been in the Bino as well maybe at some point or i'm gonna sneeze they go hang on a second i'm gonna put my Finger underneath your nose. I'm gonna
1: sneeze on that finger.
0: Whoa, that's you're putting your hand right into the beehive there to get some honey, folks. I mean, (laughs) what what's going on there?
1: Why would you do it?
0: I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying there's bees in my nose, but I mean, if you put your finger right under my nose when I was about to sneeze, I've got a mustache, so you're kind of you're you're gonna get glued in there. That's that's not a pleasant experience at all. Is that. Does it stop sneezes?
1: I don't know. I don't think it would stop my sneezes. Maybe you'd just be so alarmed that someone's finger is suddenly near your face. It's like, oh, my yeah. sneeze has gone away. Maybe, that's
0: the, the, maybe it would stop hiccups, might be. If someone's going to hiccup and you put your finger right into the nose, you like, huh
1: <laughs> I don't want to smell your finger. You know, yeah. It's away from me. I don't know where they've been. So I'm not even going to
0: try that with you and around the house. No, you know? don't. And please don't try it on me. No, I won't. If you're anyone at home who is maybe done this and it's worked for you Twee end. use the hashtag how to orange Cassidy <laughs> <laughs> so yes the, the sneeze attempts to be blocked but the sneeze rolls out down the line anyway
1: and orange Cassidy jumps away like literally he goes from negative 10 to 10
0: he kicks like have you ever like known that you're meant to have an alarm oh yeah you know it's gonna go off but Your brain has told you in your sleep or in your dream that the alarm's not going to go off. Yeah. And you're going to have to wake up like 10 minutes beforehand. Mm -hmm. And it's going to wake up like a fucking bolt of lightning. (laughs) Yeah he got that energy here perfect this is like your flights in 10 hours but you don't trust your phone because Nokia let you down <laughs> that one time that one time and it happens yeah i always remember there was one time when i was going on a i was going on my german exchange and my phone was just not working so i literally went to bed i was like you have to wake up at 6 a.m tomorrow <laughs> oh. and it's really focused on it And I I didn't sleep really well at all, but I did wake up in time for sex.
1: That's horrible.
0: (laughs) The human body is incredible what it can do when you tell it not to sleep. Yeah. So, kicking him out of his nap, this brings a kind of chaotic, raw energy Orange Cassidy into the mix.
1: Yeah, he becomes an actual wrestler for a little bit does some actual wrestling. He's got it in him, folks. He can do it. Yeah. He just needs a nap first. <laughs> Usually, if you have a
0: bad hangover, and you're feeling a bit rough around the edges, little nap. Little we'll nap. Here's a, here's a power tip for you guys at home. Have a cup of coffee, and then go to for a little nap for 20 to 30 minutes. And then the caffeine will have reached your blood and actually kicked in. Hmm. And you will get a little bit of a, a jolt then in that 20 to 30 minutes of time, and you'll feel very refreshed. Even if you don't nap fully, the kick of adrenaline from you resting and then having the caffeine come in will give you a sense of accomplishment. There you go. So there you go. Pro tip. Pro napping tips. I mean, it feels right for an Orange Cassidy special. Yeah. To give. I mean, if you've got any denim, you know, styling tips as well you want to lay on the people. Any cocktails involving orange juice. (laughs) (laughs) So we get a crazy back and forth and more of this insane World of Sport era... Roll up pins with counters, which leads to Orange Cassidy just getting on his shoulders for long enough. And Jervis pins him and wins the Sideshow Championship. And it wouldn't be an Orange Cassidy match without the recurring gag at the end, Joe.
1: Oh, yeah. He thinks he's won. <laughs> I love that Orange Cassidy always assumes, just assumes that he's won the match. He's yeah. Like, Why not? Of course. He I mean, did his best.
0: There was lots of counting going on. I mean, he's a one and two chance. It was him, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so this was a longer match. A lot, you know, this was less focused on one gimmick and not just the, you know, the the can or whatnot, but definitely a, a variety show of comedy. How did you get on with Jervis and Cassidy?
1: I love this match so, so much. It's just great having an opponent, like, Colt's a great comedy wrestler, but obviously he is still, first and foremost, like, a wrestler, mm. whereas... I feel Gentleman Jervis is first and foremost like just a comedy wrestler. Yeah. And secondly, a wrestler. I
0: mean, his finisher is the bunny hop for goodness sake. Yeah,
1: exactly. And like one of his offensive maneuvers was to tuck in and kiss goodnight his (laughs) opponent. So like, it's very silly. And I absolutely love that we have a gimmick here who's like, his character is totally fine with going along with Orange Cassidy's silliness. At no point does he try and like, you know, do anything cruel with the sunglasses or anything. He's very respectful, very nice. Goes along with his weird gimmick, even though he probably doesn't understand it. I gave this match four and a half stars out of five. I absolutely love it. I would recommend this to anyone who likes comedy and wrestling.
0: And I would recommend it strongly for a a kind of an opening salvo. If you've got a friend who, you know, likes a bit of comedy, but you think they'd enjoy wrestling. And this is the thing is like, when you're wanting to introduce someone to wrestling, so often you want to skip to the good bits it's like, I want you to watch wrestling so then you can see why wrestling can be funny. So I want you to watch some Mankind matches so then you can see Rock and Sock because then you'll see that's funny. And it's it feels like here you can kind of get to see a lot of what's funny in wrestling with two very broad characters who are very easy to understand. This is one of the few bits of wrestling you could watch with the family like. You know, I feel like yeah. I could show this to my mum and dad and they could see a little bit why I like wrestling because it's so weird and funny. And the comedy is, that's perfect you don't have to like wrestling to find this funny and to be entertained by this this is playing off of the tropes of wrestling and i love that this exists yes you know and i love that it exists and it's out free on the internet and like we showed one of the reasons why i think we thought doing this episode was a good idea as a bonus is that we showed adam a couple of orange cassidy matches when he was around the other day and adam like us watches a lot of wrestling you know for his podcasting that he does with me and the Atterra podcast and otherwise so very often you can feel like you're going to lose that sense of finding something new and really reinvigorating and different in wrestling because there's a lot of wrestling we're at peak wrestling at the moment there's so much great wrestling that a great match isn't enough these days and my god Orange Cassidy is definitely that cup of fucking that breath of fresh air you know that cup of cold refreshing orange juice after a long night of watching Stomping Grounds and Adam went off and watched a million bits and he's like really into watching indie wrestling now and I
1: love wrestling again
0: but like you know these indie companies we mentioned you know Beyond Wrestling and also um, you know Wrestle Circus there's a whole bunch of others Chikara do free matches Progress do free matches go and check out your local indie and give it a chance because Indie companies know that there's a high standard. There's a high standard of wrestling out there now. A lot of them are trying to provide different things. And by and large, every territory of the old area in America and in England, there's great companies doing really interesting stuff. Go and support your local indies. Yeah. Now, this next match is a very, very different one indeed. And this is quite the roller coaster. This was a, a, a much longer match than our, our previous encounters, Joe. Yes. This
1: one is over half an hour yeah which when you first spotted it on YouTube I was like I don't know if I want to watch half an hour that's really long I don't know really what to expect with an Orange Cassidy match like how would it work over 20 minutes like I don't really understand how a half an hour match would work for it and
0: we'd watched quite a few of these yeah, we watched not, so
1: I was like oh, I don't want to just see the same thing and how would you extend it on that long like and it still be a wrestling match and that put me off at first and then I thought about it for a minute I was like well Actually, I want those questions to be answered. How can you have a 30-minute wrestling match with a character like Orange Cassidy?
0: Particularly when he's taking on someone. I mean, I don't know if you've heard the name
1: David Starr much. I hadn't heard it at all, but his shtick is obvious. As soon as you see him, you're like, oh, okay, I get it. He's a very great wrestler who takes himself incredibly seriously.
0: Yeah, David Starr is very much the caricature of the indie wrestler who takes himself, like, yeah, like too seriously. Yeah,
1: he's obviously very gifted, very hard hitting, but takes himself very seriously as a result. Views
0: independent wrestling as this like higher art form, you know? He's part, he's behind that We Are Independence movement at the moment. has rubbed some people the wrong way and whatnot, but he's very much like someone who's trying to fly the flag for independent wrestling as, as its own thing. And that, yeah, maybe wrestlers need to unionize, but maybe they need to unionize on the indies, not just necessarily as the, uh, In the WWE or in the big companies and whatnot. Which obviously doesn't make him a a heel character in the world of WWE. And this isn't playing into his character at all that he wants to do this stuff. But it shows you that he is as serious as you can get, I guess, in the independent world of wrestling. Yeah. He's a very serious man. And seeing him in a match with Orange Cassidy. Like, we'd seen him. We saw him in Brian Cage, the the big powerhouse from TNA. Like, we have seen a lot of mismatches with Orange Cassidy but it feels like this was the biggest mismatch of them all because this would be the first match which we'd seen where his opponent would not be like, oh, okay, do your thing a little bit at least. No. Or try and do your thing a little bit. This feels like this guy has got no time for any no, of this no. bullshit. If you're in a match
1: with me, we're doing wrestling. Yeah,
0: serious wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> Beyond Wrestling is in a small, small crowd. We're talking less than 100 people maybe. Yeah. In a small bar, but it's shot really well.
1: Yeah, it's really good. Really well produced.
0: It really changed my mind a lot on the the small stage. It almost, it worked to its advantage that the crowd was surrounding the ring, banging their hands on the mats and stuff like that. It felt very intimate. Yeah. In a good way. Like mm. I liked it a lot.
1: David Starr knows every single line of his introduction, which <sighs> goes on forever. It's like five minutes long.
0: And he mouths it. Yeah and he mouths it in such a horrible way Yeah. like if you have ever known anyone who was a stand-up or was in a band and then insisted on playing one of their own bits (laughs) I I I had friends who were in bands who didn't see it as weird to play me their song and then be like mouthing the bits and going hang on this bit here (laughs) okay and now you're gonna air guitar all the bits you're an artist you can create that's beautiful but like you know (laughs) i think everyone knows the person who's good at a thing but is going to like mouth it along as they show you the
1: it's too much too much ego
0: yeah david Starr is the wrestling embodiment of oh that's a great youtube video but wait till you see the one that i'm going to show you next mine's way better mine's way better and i think if you guys like this your mind will be blown by what i'm about to show you his introduction includes fabulous accolades such as your favorite wrestler's favorite
1: wrestler—he's
0: <laughs> really, really good at Twitter. Yeah. You just know David Starr knows the best little place to get brunch in whatever city he's in at yeah, any given time. And he's not going to tell you, <laughs> motherfucker.
1: No, he insists on being referred to as the Ace of Beyond Wrestling. Oh, which triggers a "Not My Ace" chant.
0: <laughs> so Beyond Wrestling has got. A lot of Orange Cassidy material and a majority of our stuff that we watched for him took place in Beyond Wrestling. They've got some great content on their YouTube channel. Do check it out because every week there seems to be a new little piece of content that comes out that we always take a bit of time to watch and it's great to see some variety from the world of independent wrestling. But yeah, Orange Cassidy considers himself to be the ace. Really? He's the ace. And I think they like Eddie Kingston who's on commentary kind of puts over the fact that in, like, all Japan pro wrestling, like it was it was a, a thing. You're the ace of the promotion. It's kind of like a cool moniker that's used in Japanese wrestling. Yeah. And I just think there's nothing more funny about you know, wrestlers taking themselves too seriously than someone getting really wound up about someone else saying that they're the ace. Because I'm the ace. It's like saying, I'm the ace. I'm the ace. No, I'm the ace. Now, anyone can be the man, but only a few select can be the ace. Because as we all know, Joe... There's only, well, there's four aces in a pack, but yeah. there's only one real ace. The
1: Spades Ace. The
0: Spades Ace. That's what I am. That's We all know the famous song from Motorhead, the Spades Ace, the Spades <laughs> Ace.
1: Cassidy has brought his own introduction. It is written on a Dunkin' Donuts napkin and looks like it's lived in a pocket for a couple of years. Yeah, it's
0: very, very old. Very old, very See-through.
1: brown. Yeah, limp. <laughs> <laughs> and the introduction is mostly about ice cream.
0: Yeah, he tries to do the David Starr takeoff. Unfortunately he yeah, he loses track quite quickly and then starts talking about maybe after this I'll go get some ice cream and go to friendlies. The best line of his introduction as like David Starr is incensed at his you know, this man is saying it, which is Do they still have the ice cream with the cone on top that looks like a ass?
1: Great. beautiful introduction
0: now if i said that that's the opening salvo in one of the most emotionally invested wrestling matches i have seen in years and i shit you not joe in terms of like something that has dug its claws into me and made me feel feelings Mm. and made me on the edge of my seat and again we said it at the start if you're not sold yet and you please go watch some orange Cassidy matches. Cause this is a special moment that could get spoiled for you. Otherwise. Yeah. And that will be your final warning on this one. But like it's Kofi at WrestleMania and this match in terms of the ones that have held me like taken my breath away. And I wonder if it's because we watched so many matches with orange Cassidy before this, or if it's just the actual story of this match itself. But I mean, the story of this match is a bit different to our other encounters.
1: Yeah, because David Starr, as we said, takes himself very seriously and he's a, he's a bit of a scary wrestler. Like, he, he's quite stocky and looks tough. Yeah. And his hits, you can hear them from like 10 miles away. Like, he does these strikes that are just horrible
0: blistering he's, forearms. And yeah. When you're in that small little room, like that when someone thuds someone you can hear it echo like the, mm. morning, the hard, like there's the hard camera there's three sides of audience but then the rings up against a brick wall
1: yeah so
0: you can hear the echo from the chops and the smacks and there's no magician's secrets here david Starr even though he is a, a, you know a caricature and is playing up this kind of somewhat silly character at the start once the bell rings he's all business and straight away your concern goes to that of freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy because your boy's in the ring suddenly with a very serious guy who's not playing around and is not going to have any of the cutesy shit.
1: Yeah, no. There's literally no cutesy stuff in this match at all. It's all just like scary David Starr, Just going to try and beat the shit out of Orange Cassidy, and as far as he's concerned, you know, if Orange Cassidy doesn't want to fight back, well, then that's his problem. Yeah,
0: he's if you're going to put your hands in your pockets instead of putting them up to protect your face, then okay, that's
1: your your loss.
0: He takes the shades off and crunches them in his hands. He
1: then stamps on them. Oh! Like, a double whammy.
0: Not my ace.
1: And it was right after as well, he, st- he hit Orange Cassidy in the chest and his glasses nearly fell off. And we had a great moment with the crowd where he tries to get the glasses back on his face without taking his hands out of his pockets, which is a skill in and of itself.
0: Like the opening moments of Orange Cassidy's matches usually involve... ...trying to keep the sunglasses on for as long as possible. Yeah. Which is quite like... Yeah, double or nothing, he got thrown over the top rope... ...with his hands in his pockets... ...and still kept the sunglasses on. It's amazing, on. yeah. It's very impressive, but yeah.
1: But no, Starr just snaps them in half. Stamps on them.
0: Uh, what kind of worked really well in this match... The f- we watched this match twice. First time I watched it... ...I had a bit of a bugbear with the commentary. The, one of the commentators is Eddie Kingston... ...who's a professional wrestler... ...of, of some considerable note. And I love Eddie Kingston's style... But he's very much like the type of wrestler you would think would shit all over the comedy of someone like Orange Cassidy. And on commentary, he does. He's like, this guy's not tough. He doesn't take himself seriously. I don't like his jokey jokey stuff. And I know David Starr because I've tagged with him. And he's gonna eat this kid alive. He's gonna absolutely destroy him. And people can you know laugh at his jokes and think it's funny. But no, this ain't gonna get it done. And I was like, oh man, he's not getting. You know, he's not in on the joke. But that actually built my anticipation and built the drama without me realising it the first time. I was like, motherfucker, he may not be your ace, but he's my ace. (laughs) Yeah? Sometimes we play snap with this deck. We don't always have to play 21, yeah? He's
1: the people's ace.
0: (laughs) The people's ace. Yeah. I love the people's ace as a moniker. That's perfect.
1: So, as we said, David Starr snaps Orange Cassie's sunglasses and then stamps on them cruelly. And in anger, Cassidy responds by taking his hands slowly out of his pockets. Oh! It's just the fullest offence I think I've ever seen from him.
0: And it was against his own treasures.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and David Starr just beats the shit out of him.
0: Yeah, he comes at him with these open hand chops and the chops are so loud it's in that sickening. sickening level of volume on them. And the announcers are talking again about you know when you do the chops it's not so the crowd will go woo like rick flair it's not just to make their chest red the idea is that you want to take their breath away you want to try and make their hearts stop with these chops and he's chopping them and then forearming them and straight away you can see he's like wait a minute what's going on here is is that is that blood
1: yeah he's starting to see a bit of blood
0: in an orange cassidy match blood is like is the la- like from the first two matches we talked about there? The last thing you're expecting now is yeah. is some juice to be freshly squeezed out of Orange Cassidy. <laughs> you know he he is bleeding, and it's not the kind of the crimson mask or anything. It is the trickle of blood coming out of his nose and his mouth, yeah, which goes all over his arm. And I, you're you're a bit averse to the blood.
1: I don't like bleeding. It's too much blood. I don't mind natural blood.
0: At the the Double or Nothing show that we we mentioned earlier, it's too much with with the goldest level of blood in that one. So Justin Ronalds, when he was uh, when he was bleeding, that was a bit much for yeah, you, yeah, way too much. But here, this is a uh, it's a dramatic amount of blood, but yeah. not uh, gory. It's not gory or anything. No,
1: it's it's narrative bleeding mm. because it's it's telling a story. It's it's happened organically. It's not just like right now we're gonna have the climax of the match because I've decided I'm bleeding now.
0: Yeah. So we reach a point in the match here now where the crowd is no longer kind of giddy. They realise that they're not seeing the fun Orange Cassidy match of normal. No, because
1: it is just David Starr beating the crap out of Orange Cassidy, and he's just doing it. These horrible arm strikes and punching him and kicking him and just it's a, it's really nasty to see your favourite ace, the people's ace, get so badly beaten on like this.
0: There's a point where he picks him up and it's almost like a clothesline, but it's to the side of his head. Yeah. And he does it with his left and right arms where he's just literally like clobbering him. And Orange Cassidy, you know, he, he, he takes such sympathetic bumps at this point because yeah. he's just, the, the lethargy is not there for him. You don't think he's going to be like, you motherfucker and come start firing no. back. He's like, oh no, he's probably just going
1: just to let it happen and yeah. crawl
0: over and, and, and into a ball.
1: And at this point, star starts to get cocky and he smacks cassidy so hard in the head it makes this really gross noise and then decides to show off a bit by putting his hands in his pants and then trying to do a kip up now this is
0: this is amazing because he's like yeah he's reached this kind of point of like i've beaten you down to this absolute point of pure bloody yeah destruction and now I'm going to prove that the one thing that you do that now we all know that you f- wish you could do. Yeah. That, you know, I hate that Orange Cassidy guy. He's a joke how does he do that though With he puts his hands in the pockets and he kips up how does he do that and the
1: fact that David Starr like and we have seen from this match he is an incredibly athletic man he's so like he's so strong
0: but he's too bottom heavy for this show. <laughs> he what, can't, what...
1: <laughs> he can't kip up he cannot do it even though he tries again and again he cannot do it and he gets really frustrated then
0: Kardashians Ducks David Starr these are all people <laughs> and things that cannot do the kip up for, for anatomical reasons and his kip Ends up being very, very calm comedic. Like he looks so embarrassed, to what he so can't angry. do it.
1: And Cassidy just laughs at him, which of course makes matters worse. David Starr did not like that.
0: So yeah, he starts laughing at him, which causes David Starr. Now he's the mind games are starting to chip away at him a little bit. And even though Orange Cassidy's been beaten bloody, once he has a little titter at him, that's David Starr is now on the back foot psychologically. And that's where Cassidy starts hitting some roll ups and trying to. You know, maybe pit him. You get those few little moments where you think, oh, maybe he could annoy him so much that he could just get him on a banana peel here.
1: I mean, he, yeah, it's not like wrestling, full wrestling at this point. It's just like still kind of silly. but It's he's, roll-ups. He's yeah. not actually hitting him yeah. or anything like that. And Cassie is so red at this point. Like blood is pouring down his face.
0: Star starts clapping sarcastically after a little sequence and he goes... Yeah, good effort. No, it's good. You can do some stuff. It's real good. It's like, that joke you're doing. It's a real funny joke. Yeah, but, you know, joke's over now. And he goes to kill Cassidy, do a big wind-up. And out of nowhere, Orange just throw. He For the first time in any of these matches, he throws a punch. Yeah. The punch happens to land in such a perfect way. Right on his chin. It's like in Punch Air or something like that, where he hits that perfect KO moment. And Star, like... It's like he's on ice all of a sudden. He slids back and he has his eyes go out on stalks like, holy shit. And like he's hit him right on the button there. He's going to actually knock him out. And all of a sudden, the complexion of the match changes entirely because you think this guy might actually decide to do some fucking offense. <laughs> David Starr starts getting really wound up at this point and, you know, thinking that he's going to have to try and put him away, hit something big, takes him up to the top rope. He slips because the top rope is a little bit greasy. And Orange Cassidy... Comes sailing off that top rope.
1: Falls on him.
0: (laughs) Like, properly zero, like, zero float, zero extension of the limbs. He falls like a rock out of a window.
1: Yeah. (laughs) David Starr tells Cassidy to lie down and Orange Cassidy gestures at him to, uh, come at me, bring it, bring it. And Davis Starr continues to chop him with these sick, sick chops. Bleah. And then we get some actual wrestling from Orange Cassidy, accompanied by a that's my ace chant from
0: the crowd. <laughs> see, the crowd knows that he's got it in him.
1: Yeah, they know.
0: And this point where you see Orange Cassidy fight back yeah. and actually try going for some moves. And not like a joke, like he's actually, you know, he's hitting, hitting moves, he's hitting offense, and it's kind of slightly janky. You know, he does like a a sidekick that's a little bit like you know not you know he's not hitting these moves crisply yeah you kind of feel he's up against it but it's so fucking like exhilarating to see him fight back against this bully it's like un, it's like the cool kid at school he you know who finally gets picked on by the bully he's always quiet and then he pulls this shit out it's very very awesome this yeah. feeling and the crowd. Are so resolutely behind him
1: It's quite emotional In some ways And then we have David Starr Who takes Cassidy to the back And just Chucks him down some steps For a countdown And he's like telling the ref Like Okay count to ten Like he
0: knows He can't even beat him properly and He doesn't
1: even Yeah Because like You've got this easy opponent In theory Orange Cassidy you know, he barely even wrestles and No he, one takes him seriously yeah, yeah And like David Starr Takes himself so seriously He doesn't even mind If he wins clean He wants to just win By any means necessary So cheap Such a fun ruiner
0: And then yeah The man who once Had to be counted. Car- to the ring by a swamp monster
1: crawling back
0: and the announcers are like when did Orange cassidy start getting hurt (laughs) oh my god i didn't think goosebumps could be produced in this environment the small crowd small environment you know with admittedly not the best quality audio microphones but they did there's really great camera work in here for such a small and you know for a small Place like that, it must be awkward to shoot it that well, yeah. you know. They did a very, very good job.
1: Star then throws Cassidy into a brick wall. <laughs> this is disgusting,
0: it's really hard. His body is covered in lumps and bumps at this point, he's all red.
1: But this is where things start to turn around because David Star slaps Orange Cassidy really hard, but Cassidy has something in his mouth. <gasps> he's got OJ, what which he sprays out onto <laughs> Star's face. Like, green mist.
0: And then we get the Canadian Destroyer.
1: Yeah, we get this really impressive technical wrestling, which like, ends up with, like, David Starr and an ankle lock.
0: Yeah, that that was the part which was completely <laughs> boomy because we mentioned he was doing some of the janky offense, but then he does this picture-perfect Canadian Destroyer, and then he does, like, this is proper, you know, for the, all the talk of aces, this reminds me so much of, like, Japanese strong stuff. He does these quick snap dragon screws where he grabs the leg and flips you over onto the ground and then yeah, he's right into the ankle lock like perfectly like Kurt Angle or Ken Shamrock <laughs> with the hands twisting on the ankle and you might think Mr. Serious wrestler David Starr is not only going to lose but he's going to submit amazing. to freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy
1: but no David Starr puts Orange Cassidy in a modified sharpshooter
0: oh I love the crowds who are you know the Pushing people's the rape, ace show yeah.
1: He was. Cassidy reaches for the rope, but it's just out of reach. So you've got members of the audience then pushing the rope towards him so he can try and grab onto it. And he manages to get his head underneath.
0: He bites the rope.
1: Bites the rope. (laughs) (laughs) And Star keeps pulling his arms back because he's a nasty heel.
0: Chance of you can't beat him. Yeah. At this point, he's trying to knock him out, is what the commentators are saying. He wants to KO him with the larry. Now he's so incensed by it. But because he's worked on that ankle... He, like, he just has them ready, dead to rights. He's going to go for his finish with the big lariat. He goes against the ropes. And just as soon as he hits the ropes, David Starr, the leg goes from underneath him. He very oddly goes, Oh shit!
1: <laughs> and then
0: the mouse trap, The very convoluted roll-up. The trapping arm roll-up. And Orange Cassidy pins David Starr. It's amazing. In this fucking mind-blowing encounter. And yeah... That match was... It was exhilarating. It's one of my favourite matches of all time, I've got to say. I've
1: had this, like, three separate moments where you're like, oh, shit, things are changing now. I don't know how this is going to end.
0: But, like, he always loses. That was the thing. I thought that even with these hope spots, I was like, well, I'm happy because he got a hope spot, and I've never had that in an (laughs) ArchCastity match before. And he's
1: like, you think he's definitely not going to win against someone like David Starr. Yeah. All people.
0: And you don't, at the end of this, kind of go, wow guess david starr is not that big of a, a deal of a no. serious wrestler because he lost to orange Casting. so they told the story it was his it it, it added to his character it was his hubris was the fact that he went through these different stages of not taking him seriously and then trying to be cheap and then trying to be cruel and every stage of that you know that you know, it would be easy for him just to be like a bully the whole match and yeah. be like, "I'm going to beat you up the whole match." But he doesn't. He takes him less seriously at points and more seriously at others. It's fucking beautiful. I absolutely adored this, and I give the highest recommendation to check it out.
1: Yeah, I, I gave this a perfect five out of five stars. Whoa!
0: But I
1: do consider this a perfect match. That is, I mean,
0: but it it's perfectly encapsulated yeah. because, again a lot of what we're saying here is like kind of oh you enjoy this so much because you're used to Orange Cassidy and all that but honestly I think from watching the intro alone and the first little bit of this match you get what the character is and you will get the emotion of the story they're trying to tell even if you'd never seen Orange Cassidy before I think in this match so Mm -hmm. yeah definitely one worth checking out and anyone who thinks that oh it's just comedy and comedy has only got so much that it can give you and it can only do these certain styles of matches total bullshit yeah how, how often do you actually see just a pure comedy on TV anymore these days? It's almost never. Yeah, never. It's always, a, you know, The Office, Parks and Rec, all these great shows, which are very much comedic. They always use the drama and the emotion. Yeah, the
1: emotional side, that's it, is exactly what makes it kind of proper feel-good storytelling yeah. it isn't just jokes all the time there's an element of of truth to it too
0: there is much more depth in comedy than people give it credit for yeah. because even though isolated moments of laughter or an isolated sp- you could take any one of these random spots we just said and kind of go well there you go but that's not what comedy wrestling is it's never that one spot on its own that one moment it's always a sum of its parts and I think it's very easy to dismiss comedy wrestling or the use of comedy in wrestling when it's so rarely done in the mainstream, you know? Mm. I mean, we talk about it a lot, but we rarely get to see it. You get to see little bits here and there are parts of matches. But this was a really interesting look at how you can use comedy in so many different ways. And there's so many Orange Cassidy matches up to watch, to watch in full I'm just excited to watch some more. There's one with him where there's no wrestling ring. That seems like what? it'd be fun. You know, like, I'm really excited to see that. There's
1: so many I want to see, and I, I like. I'm starting to think of like dream pairings of like who would I like to see Orange Cassidy wrestle? Like say someone from the WWE. Well,
0: yeah, who, who, I would have to ask you because I mean, obviously, this is a bonus episode. We haven't got fan t- t- tweets and Facebook posts to read out, but of course, if you do have. Uh, thoughts and all that please send us on using the hashtag how to orange cassidy that's always good but uh do let us know joe what would be your dream matches for orange cassidy i
1: mean i would love to see orange cassidy wrestle the big dog <laughs> Just, i wonder how that would go i but- mean
0: roman would smirk back at him you know that i want roman to wear the sunglasses in there at some point i want
1: to see orange cassidy take the the big punch dog Maneuver the
0: big. You kind mean the Superman? Dialogue, yeah, the Superman, Superman punch. punch.
1: Yeah, with his hands in his pockets. But no, I think um, my top match. I don't know necessarily who it would be against, but I would love to see Orange Cassidy wrestle someone who sells like over the top for him, kind of the way Shawn Michaels did for the uh, for Hulk <laughs> Hogan when he's trying to bury him. So your
0: dream match is some sort of alternate future scenario or alternate timeline where Orange Cassidy has the political influence that Hulk Hogan did in two thousand and five. Yeah, tries to
1: bury. Shawn Michaels so Shawn Michaels tries to bury then Orange Cassidy I think
0: instead of three matches we should just do one baby yeah
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then Shawn Michaels puts on a demoralizing clinic yeah Yeah. and, and oversells from uh, I saw a great article which is called the oral the oral history of Orange Cassidy where they talk with several wrestlers and referees Chuck Taylor Bryce Remsberg and others some folks involved in AEW about you know their thoughts on him and it's all in kind of kayfabe and all that and they were asked in there who they think their dream matches would be. I think Chuck Taylor said the big show.
1: Oh, wow. So so
0: we could see a proper uh, two big men go at it, finally, in the world of wrestling. <laughs> but I believe it was Bryce Remsberg who refs a lot of these matches and uh, that we watched. And he actually specifically said that Orange Cassidy is his favorite wrestler at the moment because, you know, Bryce Remsberg has a background in sketch comedy. Oh, so wow. he... Gets it and knows what a powerful medium this could be. But he said The Miz.
1: Yes, The Miz would be an amazing opponent. Proper
0: heel Miz. Yeah. With the whole entourage. And he has to face off against Orange Cassidy. And you just know that would be pure go. That would be amazing. God, I'd love to see that. That is my absolute dream match. Other than that, I don't know. I mean, I'm excited for him to be part of AEW. In the sense that I like that AEW is focusing on the wild the wide world of you know of of wrestling you know it's not just hopefully going to be stats and super serious stuff him being on their opening pay-per-view that says a lot to me that makes me very very hopeful yeah I hope we get to see some more of him.
1: I hope we get to see more of him and more of other comedy wrestlers as well because I really hope this inspires some other wrestlers to think outside of the box a bit. Yeah. That he really shows you can do so much with just a a little creative idea and seeing where you can go with it.
0: And the fact as well is that Orange Cassidy is probably going to have a much longer career than a lot of his independent yeah. compatriots at the time because he's not, you know doing moonsaults and suicide dives unless it's randomly in a match where all of a sudden you he does pull it out yeah. and, you know but he has managed to find the sweet spot of a character that is truly unique a style which you know protects the knees at the very very least and something which I am now laser focused dead set i've got to see this live that yeah, is on my wrestling same. bucket list as of this moment and i really like if anyone is listening to this and you're familiar with more of the independent scene and there are other indie wrestlers or comedy style wrestlers who you think that we might be interested in please send on your recommendations and we will disseminate with the uh the listening audience because i know he's not an, on his own right we mentioned cole Caban as well but i know there's quite a few folks on the indies i'd love to know of anyone in the uk indie scene given that mm. you know that there's a great history with world of sport of comedy wrestling i would love to see if there's someone who's uh, flying that flag still to this day because admittedly i don't really know have you had a good time talking about orange cassidy joe
1: yeah
0: uh do you feel bad that we teased bret hart and then we dropped this comedy episode about someone who does also look good in a pair of shades? But probably is the opposite in terms of ethos in wrestling.
1: No, I don't feel bad at all. Brett shouldn't take himself so seriously if uh, if he'd be bothered by something like this.
0: I yeah, you know what I think what we're about to get our teeth into. Something very, very serious in wrestling and something that has got, you know, admittedly there's lots of trauma, lots of sad stuff along the way. I think this was a nice. We needed this. Yes, we needed the nice, refreshing lemon sorbet before we got into the meat of the matter with our next episode, which we promised this time for definite. Yeah. Will definitely be <laughs> to Bret Hart. But hey, it's been a bonus episode, and thank you all so much for tuning in. This episode was, of course, brought to us by our sponsor, our fabulous side venture, Joanna. Tell everyone about your fabulous wrestling t-shirts that are now available from Teespring.
1: Well, if you want to wear a t-shirt that shows what a real, proper, actual wrestling fan you are, you can get them over at teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash wrong hyphen wrestling hyphen shirts got some new designs up so Ooh. make sure you go over there and check it out yes new designs
0: have been added uh, all the time it seems and yes folks have been sending in pictures with their wrong wrestling shirts if you have to get yours in the mail you're going to a wrestling show wearing it do send us a picture to how to wrestling or send it to joe at the joanna graham on twitter and of course if you're interested in having a plug a shout out or sponsoring how wrestling do send us an email at how at gmail.com or head over to our Patreon for any and all such information at patreon.com forward slash how wrestling where you can get access to over 50 bonus episodes including reviews of all wwe and now aew pay-per-views included in the last but until next time it's going to be a goodbye from me kevin
1: and a goodbye from me joe
0: and we'll see you next time on how to wrestling baby
1: see ya